Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week. This week, we have a lot of news to cover, including... Did somebody's hate-filled rhetoric get rebuked on this week's episode of The Real White House Dudes of D.C.? Why is Victoria keeping one less secret? Will Disney be charged with child neglect for leaving a kid home alone? Did Soul Cycle sell its soul to the devil? And when fast food restaurants fought it out in the onion ring, who got named top hot dog plus movie and tv trailer reviews during trailer talk and much more i'm kevin williams and i'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts anthony tone show nunez hey everybody and chitachi egwu hey what's going on everyone before we start the show i just want to say even though we're in different cities and different states we are united this week We all live in El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio, because just like the people we saw running for cover in Times Square after a motorcycle backfired, our country's gun violence epidemic is taking a toll on all of us. All right. So, Tachi, what was going on on Monday? Well, Kevin, unfortunately, because of all the activity over the weekend with the terrorist attacks, we are still reeling on Monday. So on Monday afternoon, former President Barack Obama lamented the violence that transpired Saturday morning during a domestic terrorist attack in El Paso, Texas, and a mass shooting early Sunday morning in Dayton, Ohio, that left at least 31 people dead and dozens more injured. In his statement, Obama called on Americans to soundly reject language coming out of the mouths of any of our leaders that feeds a climate of fear and hatred or normalizes racist sentiment. The former president did not mention Trump or any other politician by name, but President Trump as usual, assuming any statements about leaders creating a climate of fear and hatred must be about him, attacked Obama for the statement, tweeting edited quotes from Fox News hosts to make his point. Quote, did George Bush ever condemn President Obama after Sandy Hook? President Obama had 32 mass shootings during his reign. Not many people said Obama is out of control, Trump tweeted, again claiming he is, quote, the least racist person in the world. The 21-year-old white man accused of carrying out the El Paso shooting is suspected of authoring a racist anti-Hispanic manifesto before the rampage, and many high-profile Democrats have partly blamed the president's history of incendiary rhetoric on immigration, immigrants, and people of color for the attacks. So, let me ask you all, are Trump's critics misreading the situation? Or are they just reading the president's speeches and Twitter feed? Kevin, let's go to you first. Okay, I think that they're definitely reading the situation correctly. I mean, the the funny thing about this what, that I actually absolutely can't believe, because I, I, I shouldn't say that, and you can't you can't ever say I can't believe blank and then Trump because nothing is beyond the realm of possibility with him except for compassion or logic or truth I guess but Barack Obama didn't name anyone and clearly we all know that this was the response to what what Trump has been doing how he's been stoking racial animus I mean that is that seems to be his campaign strategy for 2020 scary brown people are coming to take your stuff and I'm gonna stop them that's his strategy and so but when Barack Obama, by not naming him, him jumping up and clapping back clearly says it's like, oh, when you're talking about hatred and division, yeah, clearly you're talking about me. 
because if either one of you released a statement going, don't work with a person who's a really bad podcaster, I'd be like, how dare you talk about me publicly? <laughs> because it's like, oh, wait, I'm saying I'm clearly saying that they're t- talking about me. That it's it just he has no self-control. I mean, one of the things that was so upsetting about this week, um, um, there are a lot of things, obviously, uh, all of the carnage was when the president went to go uh, to the cities that, uh, where the shootings happen. He had to make them all about himself. He's he's taking selfies. He's uh he released like a campaign style video, like doctors and nurses, like you know, uh shaking their hands and uh and uh taking selfies with them, and just uh, um his reaction and his upset that he wasn't getting the accolades he thought he should get for doing the the bare minimum of showing up at a hospital after a mass shooting. I I I'm just stunned. Um, I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. I know I shouldn't be. But I'm stunned that he can't even hold it together. And one of the comments he made about the fact that nobody said that Barack Obama was out of control. His own people um, were trying to shield him and keep him from tweeting because even on the day the uh, the day that he's going to go visit uh, uh, people who've been shot in a horrific attack. He can't stop making it about him, and he's tweeting and attacking the not only um, national uh, politicians, but he was atto- uh, attacking the local uh, uh, the local uh, politicians, the mayor and uh, and and governors and the and people in the city. I mean, you can't hold it together and just say, you know what? Just for one day, I'm not going to attack anybody while consoling people who were shot at. He couldn't even give us that. So, what do you guys think? He has been stoking the, these type of acts, um, not not directly, but he's been he's been by not addressing it head on and saying when he said that there was people on both sides who who were wrong. Um, he he hasn't he hasn't come out and say hey white nationalism or or white supremacy is just flat out wrong, and that's basically like a code, like a a, a dog whistle, basically saying. Well, these things are not exactly wrong, but they're not exactly right either. So um, I was also kind of shocked that Parker Carlson on Fox actually came out after that and said that this thing, this whole white nationalist or white supremacy thing is a hoax. And, and no one no one called him on it either. Like Fox News basically said he's taking vacation now. But he said they said the vacation was pre-planned. It wasn't because everyone was outraged that he would say this. And the other thing that he was calling a hoax was also the 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 Russian actually meddled in our elections. He called that a hoax as well. So anything that Tucker Carlson calls a hoax is clearly happening. Oh, absolutely! It's absolutely happening. And the uh, and he did get some blowback. He even got blowback on his own uh, network. I believe Shepard Smith called him out publicly and said that this is clearly ludicrous this is this is really happening and uh yeah anytime tucker carlson says anything is uh anything isn't real you absolutely know it's real if if i see tucker carlson on the news say there are no such thing as dragons i am getting myself a flame of a retardant suit because the dragons are outside and they are breathing fire so, so yeah so what do you think taji well Usually, people who get defensive about things are usually guilty. And so the fact that you took your stupid waste of skin self to jump up and say, stop talking about me, that shows you're guilty right there. If you weren't guilty because he didn't even say your name, but because you have narcissistic personality disorder and you think everything is about you anyway, 
you automatically assumed it, it was about you, just as you said, well, um, I thought you weren't racist. I thought you weren't, in, you know, inciting things. So why, why do you think it's about you? Because you know it's about you. You know they're talking about you. I, th this is absolutely disgusting, and I'm not even just going to blame him, because this is also a culture and a following that he has that has allowed him to rise to such ranks of power with no talent, no critical thinking skills, no compassion, and no sense. So GOP, all of you, because you stand with party above Republic, the blood of the people in Dayton and in El Paso is on your hands too. This absolutely is your fault for not passing comprehensive gun control laws, Mitch McConnell, for not doing anything until you get called on it and several people die. So now, oh yeah, now that's on the table. You don't want it on the table. It's only because there is scrutiny on you now. So this is your fault as well. All of you who stand with the person who currently lives in the White House, this is your fault. I, I'm not even going to mince words about this. I'm not going to give you the thoughts and prayers line. I'm not going to to absolve you of any responsibility of this. This is your fault because you sit by and do nothing as this person continues his tirade of nonsense. Nobody tries to advise him. Nobody, you all have the power too. He can't do things without you in Congress. He can't do anything. He can beat it, but there's very little he could do as a sole player. But you all are party above Republic, so the blood is on your hands too. Tucker Carlson, as far as I'm concerned, you are the big Bama of the week because the fact that you would actually open your mouth to say such things during, even if you felt like that, have at least the good decency and common sense to keep that in in this time of sorrow. You don't even have the self-control to do that. You don't deserve your television spot. I'm very glad that um, sponsors have been dropping like flies from your terrible show, your ill-informed show. How very dare all of you. And now you want to try and do damage control? I'm, I'm done because I already know where I can go with this, but I really don't give a damn about any of them. I'm hoping that in 2020, people start to see, including their basket of deplorable base, start to see them for who they really are. Well, uh, first of all, by calling the show ill-informed is being insanely generous, too generous. Because ill-informed says that it's not an act. You're not actively lying. You're not actively trying to deceive people. You're not actively trying to give aid and comfort to bigots and racists and killers. So oh, they are. They are. So that's they why. That's why. It, that's why the the word is not ill informed because he knows the truth. He knows that he's lying when he says that there that uh, white nationalism and white supremacy uh, uh, is a hoax. He knows it. Not only are we talking about El Paso, a uh, Texas shooter in his manifesto using very similar, if not exactly the same language that Trump has used. Uh, since he got into uh, the uh, twenty uh, the twenty sixteen race, invaders with, uh, with 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 verbiage like saying that there's there's an invasion of Mexicans coming to this country, using the words invasion and and infestation and terms like vermin, referring to people like you would refer to animals, and saying that a a, a judge of Hispanic uh, descent couldn't couldn't judge him fairly because of that. 
the, uh, oh, the, the S-hole countries comment, all kinds of things. This man has been, been race baiting the moment he got into the, before he even got into the race. Let's not forget the whole, uh, birtherism. Barack Obama, uh, isn't, wasn't born in this country kind of thing. And the, oh, I, let's see Barack Obama's, uh, uh transcripts is, uh, from his uh, university. Cause how could someone like him get into a school, uh, get into a good school? Well, that kind of, that kind of thing. So he's, yeah. this, this, there's been a through line, um, not to mention the the Central Park Five, the ad he put out about having them executed, not to mention the uh, being ch- uh, found guilty of uh, of uh, uh, housing discrimination to people of color. So there is a through line, and the the idea when you have to repeatedly say that you're the least racist person in the world, you're the most. If you know somebody who, are, who who keeps telling you how they're not racist, they're a racist. Exactly. They are a racist. Well, so you know, no non-racist has to keep repeatedly saying they're not a racist all the time. Exactly. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off or interrupt you, but I think the whole the operative thing here is all of this comes out of a spirit of unfounded fear that they're going to lose what they didn't earn in the first place anyway. I said it. It's not the fault of people of color or LGBTQ or any other group that excel. And guess what? We excel 100 times over despite what is put in our place, despite the roadblocks, because we have no choice. And so you're mediocre and you're mad. I'm sorry. What are you mad about? I have X, Y, Z, and then all of the Greek alphabet in front of me, and I still succeed. And you couldn't even manage to pass your classes at Wharton or wherever the hell you got in because of your daddy's name and money. You're mediocre. So you're mad at people who are actually excellent. Barack Obama actually had a spirit of excellence, and he hates intellectuals, and he hates excellence because he's not that. He knows he's not very bright. He knows he's not. So he, I mean, who else would surround himself with people who are just as silly and ill-fitted as him for, for the job? So it's not, the thing is, it's a spirit of fear that you're going to lose what you didn't earn in the first place. So have several seats. Oh, oh, oh that's another thing. He refers to himself as a stable genius. genius. Anybody who tell who that's another thing. If you're in any relationship, anybody you knew, like you were dating or married to, just kept announcing all the time out of nowhere, I'm a stable genius. I'm a stable genius. You would run. You would run as fast as your little legs could carry you. That is some again, when they keep saying they're not a racist, when they keep telling you how mentally stable they are, I'm doing air quotes you guys can't see. Yeah, there is <laughs> we, something... We can hear the air quotes. <laughs> there is something desperately wrong. And thinking about things being desperately wrong, on Friday, uh, in the wake of the El Paso and the uh, the, uh, the Dayton shooting, Walmart has decided to do something that's going to really uh, uh, help with this problem. They have banned violent video game displays. But not the guns they sell. No, they sell. not the no, not oh, guns, Tachi. That's not, what do what do guns have to do with gun shootings? Come on, Tachi. It's really the it's really the violent video game displays. Now, what what I love about this is to show you just how half-assed and how nothing this is. They don't even ban the video games. Oh, they'll still sell them to you. They just won't have like a little standee of a, a character holding an axe or a machine gun. They won't, but they'll still sell you the game with the person doing it with the uh, with shooting and cutting heads off. Oh, you can still buy the game. You just won't. You won't. You just won't have a display for it. I mean, 
I mean, you know, you know that saying, uh, the least I could do? This is literally the least they could <laughs> do. Yeah. It's the definition in the the definition of the least I could do. And people are talking boycott. And you know what? I stand with you. I am joining you. This is beyond Walmart. You this is beyond slimy. Beyond slimy. Bottom line dollar holding on to. Other companies, I believe like Big 5 have stopped selling guns. They will they refuse to have any more blood on their hands. I believe there's another one I can't remember another sporting goods store that decided to stop selling guns it's time walmart how many there was another walmart that's another thing there's so many shootings now we don't even have time to talk about them all there was another walmart shooting with a disgruntled employee just last week people died in a walmart store two weeks in a row people blood in walmart stores and blood is on the uh, walmart uh, uh uh owner's hands in fact uh, uh, some white collar Walmart employees walked out earlier this week in protest to the store continuing to sell firearms. And then they come out with Friday with the announcement that, oh, by the way, we're no longer going to sell, we're no longer, no longer have, uh, 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 displays of violent video games. Again, the absolute least. And you know what, Kevin, the rest of the world has that America also has? Video games. And you know what the rest of the world doesn't have? Mass shootings like America. Right, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. That's the thing. I'm so sick of this whole mental illness thing. As if there are only mentally ill people in America. There are mentally ill people everywhere. There are video games everywhere. The difference is the avail the availability of guns and our our this our, our culture of of racism and divisiveness that our current president is stoking every chance he gets. And I agree with you, Tachi. The people is not just blood on his hands or on Walmart's hands, all of the people, the Mitch McConnells of the world that stand in the way of doing anything, who won't let anything happen. And they and they have they do this thing now, they're they're whole that the, other than giving their thoughts and prayers, which mean nothing, coming from people who have the power to actually do something, um, they they basically wait it out. They used to try and come out. They used to all come out in force and argue about gun regulation. They always they come out and say it's too soon to talk about this kind of thing. Let's let the people mourn. And then after we wait a couple of weeks and don't, well, okay, let's discuss gun violence now. You know what? Let's not. We're not going to do anything about it. And so they just wait it out because they're we're going to forget. But the problem with them, but their with their plan, which has worked so far, that eventually like okay, we'll move on to the next thing. But sadly, the next thing is another gun. Uh, mass shooting. That's what the next thing is. So, uh, Sandy Hook, when dozens of children were gunned down at six, six years old, seven years old, that wasn't enough for us. In Las Vegas, what, like 50 some odd people mowed down at a concert? At a concert. People lost their lives. Nothing. We can't do anything. People being shot in Walmart. People were buying uh it was they were shopping for back to school school was starting school started this week people died there's a story of this, about this uh this young uh couple they died shielding their daughter uh to keep her safe she's she lived but her both her parents were killed and these people want to do nothing mitch mcconnell will not call this uh the senate back to vote on anything so we've got to say there's an this is enough there is clearly absolutely one party who stands in the way of anything being done about this anything this is a very easy choice 
If you want to be able to walk into stores with some modicum of safety, if you want your children to be able to go to school with some semblance of safety, there is one party to vote for. The the choice couldn't be more crystal clear if you like living. Wow. There was uh, uh, there are several countries now who have uh, issued travel advisories against traveling to the U.S., because of these shootings. So Uruguay, Venezuela, Japan, Germany, Ireland, Canada, New Zealand, and then Amnesty International did this. So in response, the person who lives in the White House threatened undefined retaliation. This happened uh, last week, but I just wanted to bring it up against the countries and organizations that issue travel warnings. He said, if they did that, we just reciprocate. He He also added, We're a very reciprocal nation with me as the head. When somebody does something negative to us in terms of a country, we do it to them. Really? And so, and what, and so what is he going to do to them? Is he going to warn people not to go to like uh, Japan? Don't go to Canada. Don't, Don't go, go to, to Canada because you're going to be because you're going to be shot. Because again, that's BS. The it's more dangerous to be here than uh, that's another thing. You know what? When you have to warn your citizens to to stay out of a country because they could be shot while shopping, that sounds like an asshole country to me. If, and who's the leader of that s-hole country? Well, Donald J. Trump. That that right there, you know, should tell us. It's very telling that. And I've been I've been wanting. Look, I've been. What country was it? It was. I don't remember. If it was Bar, the Barbados or a country in the Caribbean that issued a travel advisory to its citizens uh, when all these shootings, these police shootings, were happening. Because, you know, it's a black country, so they issued a travel advisory. I wanted unilaterally countries with predominantly black populations to issue travel advisories. That's the only thing that's the only thing they understand, because what are you going to do? It, it, now all these countries are banding together and like, look, it's dangerous. What are you going to oh, do? It's, abso- issue- it's absolutely dangerous, Tachi. And one of the other things uh, involved with the shooting that just came out this week was uh, apparently there was a, a company making bulletproof backpacks and they are uh, uh, about to be sued or th- uh, there's threats of lawsuits from Disney because they have uh, Disney princesses on one of these bulletproof backpacks to protect your child. And I, I, the fact that we live in a world and, and uh, there was a time. When somebody would say to me, the idea about buying a bullet, bulletproof backpack for your kid was something that like, well, that's just a bridge too far. That's a little bit too paranoid. No, not today. Not today. Um, is, it's, is it, is it a, a, a guarantee that your child will be safe? No, but anything could help. Yes, put that. If if something starts, we there's there's active shooter drills in school now. That's not there. When I was a kid, we had these things called fire drills because the biggest fear we had was that our school made of bricks and cement <laughs> was gonna catch on fire. Right. And so <laughs> I never understood how I never understood how it was gonna catch on fire. That's like you're gonna I'm gonna set fire to Sea World. I mean, like good luck. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the that was our biggest fear. Now these kids have a genuine fear of uh, being killed in some kind of mass shooting at their school, and they're uh, you can now buy, and it's not even some kind of weird. You have to get it online from some weird little place. You can get these at at at, at major retailers. They're selling bulletproof backpacks. That's what what's become of this country, and um and there are people that are just like nothing to see here. Let's not do anything, and then try to attack countries for warning their citizens about coming here 
is ridiculous. You're focused on the wrong thing. The The problem isn't the country's warning, uh, Amnesty International warning about coming here. The problem is the danger, the very real danger that surrounds us. That is the problem. Donald Trump is the problem. Mm. All right. I guess ready. let's... Okay, okay. Right. <laughs> let's move on. To, let's move on to Tuesday. We do have some lighter stories. We really do. We do. We do. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, Tachi, what was going on on Tuesday? Well, on a lighter note, the uh, we have a story about a Victoria's Secret has their first openly transgender model. So, they've taken a shot at diversity by casting their first openly transgender model. Her name is Valentina Sampaio, and she's a Brazilian model. And she announced the casting on Instagram with a photo of herself sitting on a chair, and she had a nice wrapped gown on, and it said, Backstage, click, at VS Pink. And she captioned that in the post, and she added hashtags like, Hashtag Diversity and Hashtag VS Pink. In a separate video, Sampaio remarked, never stop dreaming, gente. And in her caption, along along with this word, the same hashtags. So Sampaio's appointment makes her the first, as I said, openly transgender model to take part in the uh, brand's campaigns. And she's excited many, many Victoria's Secret fans, including transgender actress Laverne Cox, who replied, wow, finally. So this move follows Victoria's Secret Chief Marketing Officer Ed Razek's controversial comments about transgender models. Last year, he said transgender models shouldn't be part of the VS runway shows because the show, quote, the show is a fantasy. He suffered much backlash for his remarks and he later issued an apology fake. Anyway, so... Guys, what do you think? Is Victoria's Secret really trying to diversify, or is Sampaio a token offering to make up for the marketing officer's loose lips? And further, do you think we'll see more of this colors of the rainbow approach in more than just their easily ripped five for 25 panties? What say you, Tone? Oh my god. Wait, before Tone talks, I just have to say one thing. Uh, when it comes to your pronunciation of that model's name, I have to say I Chihuahua. <laughs> that was that was Muy Caliente. Well, you know. <laughs> Go ahead, you you gotta try and say stuff properly. <laughs> wow. Um I'm t- I got I gotta say, Kevin. Um I really think this is definitely a marketing a marketing scheme on Victoria's Secrets part. Um, I, I would wonder if the company was doing amazing, would they have done this? And also, uh, I think it's great that they're, the, the, the inclusivity is happening, even if, even if maybe the, the, we don't, we don't, we can't really say with a certain certitude what the reason for the change is and why they, why have they done this move? Uh, it is a positive move, but one could also ask, like, what do they see this actually translating over into some type of financial um, reward? Are there going to be more sales? There's definitely, there's definitely talk because because this happened, but I just don't see Victoria's Secret um, going more in this direction if it doesn't actually translate to some type of economic benefit for them. And I think at the end of the day, that's that's what it is. I really think that companies rarely are are moving towards um are pro- a progressive move when it doesn't seem like there's something on the other end and i think that the same thing could be said about nike before nike made a really bold statement before with the whole um kaepernick uh endorsement 
but one can say that they it was probably a very strategic move and i'm wondering if victoria's secret is also making a strategic move now well tone can't say uh what the catalyst was but i can and the catalyst the catalyst clearly was those incredibly stupid comments made uh by uh one of the heads of victoria's secret and so that's what this was about and whatever it takes for them to get their foot in the door uh to make change happen if it happens because of some corporate heads buffoonery and they have to make up for it by by putting out a like the the world's tiniest olive branch again taking taking a lesson from uh of uh our uh our our frenemies over at walmart the least you can do <laughs> is have one i love how they say open uh 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 first openly transgender uh victoria's secret model which means they probably have had one before and so all the bigots out there uh, who had a problem with the idea of, of a, a transgender Victoria's Secret model, uh, you know, wake up call, you've already spanked it to one probably already. So, sorry. What? What? There you go. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so question what? yourself. Question yourself. Question yourself. All right. Um, and uh, when it comes to Victoria's Secret, I absolutely, they need some kind of uh, publicity, some kind of surge, because it was announced for like the first time, I'd say in like a decade or, or plus, there will be no Victoria uh, a Secret televised fashion show. Good. That was like a Christmas tradition of their uh, fashion show with the wings and everything like that and the anorexia. That was a Christmas tradition. <laughs> so <laughs> this year there will be none. So hopefully by uh, putting forward this transgender model um, and um, who's also impossibly a, a, an, a, an impossible, uh, you know, a rail like beauty, <laughs> then uh, maybe it, uh, all of this. We're, uh, we're talking about Victoria's Secret. We, I haven't talked about Victoria's Secret in ages. And now Tachi, thankfully, has let us know how incredibly durable their underwear is. Is. So, <laughs> so there's a heads up there so tachi what do you think so this is not okay so congrats to sampayo i think that that's great a chihuahua okay <laughs> <laughs> i can't take that pronunciation <laughs> i think it's great for the transgender community as well to start to have visible faces in visible places um, how visible Victoria's Secret is going to continue to be, I don't know. Now, they're a dinosaur. They are antiquated. They uh, it, when the the hot thing now is you know Rihanna and uh, Savage by Fenty, and I'm saying that because every person is not a Victoria's Secret model, and that is what they're going for with these runway shows, with their line, all of that. And whereas Rihanna's line, Savage by Fenty, embraces every type of woman, and that's what people are... You, they have to remember, it's not Victoria's Secret models that are buying these things, it's real people. And so you need to market it towards real people, all types of people. And because Rihanna has embraced that, her brand has embraced that, that's why she's doing so well. That that is the future of remember it's customer service and listening to what your customers want. You the okay, maybe the men want the fantasy, but do I want a string up my behind the whole day? I mean, come the hell on. Let's let's get real here. Sometimes you want that, you know, the sexy stuff, but sometimes you want something that is going to allow you to move and 
I just see Rihanna's line has all of that. So that's that's one thing. They're antiquated and they're not addressing the needs of the base who buys their stuff, right? So that's one thing. The fact that the chief marketing officer said it's fantasy, that's exactly it. It's fantasy that you think every woman is going to want, you know, these uh, things, even though they have different types of of uh, wearables, shall we say. Um, number two, again, congrats to Sampaio, but um, let's be clear, like you said, she's still rail thin. There's no diversity there. So Well, you know, you know Atachi, Vic, you know Atachi, Victoria's real secret is bulimia. That's how she does it. And anorexia, so. yo. So <laughs> I, I, I like that. That is not where you've got diversity in terms of that. You don't have diversity in terms where, you know, where it's also where it's going to count, which is in body shape and body style. So, yeah, no, you're not... I'm not giving you a cookie for doing what the hell you're supposed to do. You know, I'm tired of these companies finally waking up to diversity and inclusion, their warped sense of what diversity and inclusion is. And they hire one, you know, Asian person or one transgender person. And finally, they want to be the the toast of the week. No, which this is what the hell you should have done. So I'm not clapping for you because you're doing what you're supposed to do. Go and sit down. (laughs) <laughs> all right Tone. i think we've, we've... <laughs> i was gonna say something that's also really funny is victoria's secret um markets towards the male gaze but they yes. sell underwear to women i never understood that i never right. understood that right the fact i that guess i guess the thinking fantasy. is that you're gonna buy buy this as gifts for your wife or girlfriend <laughs> that's for, like, you, for you for you for you But that's the thing. That's the thing. When they market these things, it's again, he said it is fantasy. They market it to two women, but it's really for men. And the message there is you're supposed to please your man in terms of the way you look in your underwear. Therefore, buy these extremely expensive, very flimsy undergarments to please your man. So, yeah, it's for the male gaze. Not that. Okay, let me let me rephrase that. We you know, obviously want to feel sexy and look good for ourselves too. But Victoria's secret message is that it's for men. Yeah, but okay, to be fair, I'm gonna play the devil's advocate. Well, you I saw a study I saw a study that showed that most men's underwear is purchased by women. So it's like wives and girlfriend, because I guess like men Because you all won't buy underwear unless (laughs) we do it. And you will wear the same raggedy ass underwear (laughs) until it falls apart. You pull one string and the whole damn thing falls apart. That's why we do it, because some often you all don't have decent (laughs) underwear unless we buy it. So let's well, be real some, Tachi, Tachi, some people find the shipwreck look very sexy. Mm, also the stained that, look. Just the whole castaway vibe. Mm, not, cute. <laughs> <laughs> not cute. Well, anyway, but, but, but the point is, since women were buying underwear for their husbands and boyfriends, maybe the Victoria's Secret's thinking is, well, men in, uh, reciprocally will buy underwear for their wives and girlfriends. If it just happens to be something that gets them, you know, um, happy, then uh-huh, so be it. Uh-huh. That's it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's, 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 that's called synergy, Tachi. You're getting free underwear from your boyfriend slash husband, and he's getting uh, uh, awakened. But Let's it's underwear it that, that has like rhinestones on it that you can't. Yeah, sit but you're down only. In. But honestly, Tachi, isn't that underwear only supposed to be on for like five seconds anyway? Let's be real. Does it have to be that durable? It's only supposed to be on for two seconds at a time. You know how much their underwear costs, Kevin. 
right, I'm again, going to need right. it to be able to shield us from nuclear attack <laughs> for the cost right. that it costs. Okay, I think I think we've gone a little bit too far into the uh, into Victoria's uh, secret Secrets. under undergarment. So let's let's move on to Wednesday. Wednesday is a Disney Plus day. So people were talking all about streaming. I mean, they've been talking about streaming for weeks now. That's the big thing. But Wednesday, they were talking about streaming because Disney revealed that they were taking some of those recently purchased Fox properties and putting them to work as new content on their upcoming Disney Plus streaming service. And by new, we don't don't expect any new sequels, okay? New sequels at all. No. Instead, we're getting remakes of Home Alone, Night at the Bloody Damn Museum, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and Cheaper by the Dozen. We also learned that Disney Plus will offer a bundle price that will include Hulu and ESPN for, wait for it, It sounds familiar, and it should, because that's the price of your Netflix subscription now. But for those who only want Disney Plus and are not into sports or Hulu, you could get Disney Plus for $6.99 a month (laughs) or $69.99 a year. And expect the service to launch in the U.S. November 12th, 2019. And you can forget about waiting for Disney to open the vault to snatch up all those classic animated films because they'll be available on the new Disney Plus service along with the already announced new content like the Marvel streaming shows and Star Wars, The Mandalorian. And yes, you will have the ability to download and watch offline like Netflix and Amazon Video offer. So, gentlemen... Are you ready to pay for yet another streaming service subscription? Should Disney be remaking these classics? Or should they be making sequels instead? Or focus new content on new content altogether? That's a lot of t- stuff to discuss. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, what say you? All right. there, There is a lot to unpack there, Tachi. Okay, so let's see. The first thing. One thing I will say I'm very excited about when you're reading this was the fact that they are charging a annual price. I have a real problem with companies that will not charge an annual price because it's a really smart move. It benefits both of it, they they can actually have a more stable subscriber base when people pay for a whole year and the people who pay for the whole year actually save you you save about 2 months uh of subscription fees by paying for the whole year up front um i didn't think i would be joining disney plus but for 70 dollars a year i might be enticed to try it out for one year i think i might be i absolutely have zero interest in the hulu slash um uh espn bundle um one thing that i haven't heard have either of you guys heard is the hulu uh in this bundle with or without commercials because i actually get hulu the commercial version because uh for free uh or included because i i uh, have a spotify account i tried to watch a show on hulu and it was the most painful experience in a long i've had in a long time because it's like every two minutes commercial break the commercial break was longer than the amount of show they gave me it was literally like 51 percent commercials 49 percent tv show it was painful i uh, so i have this free account of hulu 
never use it. The only way I'd watch Hulu at this point would have to be one of the free accounts. And it's getting that way with YouTube. YouTube now is giving us a side note. Sorry, but I've got a side rant. Hulu, I mean, a YouTube now used to have one commercial and you could skip after watching a few seconds of it. The skipping is gone for most commercials. And now it's two commercials at the beginning before you can even watch anything. And then commercials interspersed throughout the literally three to four minute content. So in the end of it, you end up watching more commercials than the like little uh, adorable cat video. Sorry, kitten. I can't watch Play With Yarn today because I can't handle watching any more commercials. <laughs> All right. So, so, so when, it, when, it, when it comes to the content, back over, back, oh, back over to Disney+. Plus. All these remakes, what I'm curious about is, are they remaking these as movies? My guess is they're remaking these things as series or miniseries. So it's going to take us weeks to find out what happens to Kevin when he's left home alone yet again. What happens to that wimpy kid yet again over the course of several weeks is my guess. And Cheaper by the Dozen was kind of designed to be a TV show anyway. It feels like a TV yeah. show more than a movie anyway. So um, honestly, those kind of those, that content isn't really appealing to me, but it's not designed for me. It's designed for people with kids, uh, those shows in particular. So uh, I know people that are, have a real they have a real attachment to Home Alone and they feel like it's sacred. They don't want to see it uh, messed up uh are redone but i feel like just look the other way we still have the original home alone uh so we don't, whatever kind of blast me they're going to come up with uh, uh with this remake version whatevs so what do you think tone wow a, a lot a lot to impact indeed um I, I will let me just first touch on what you said about youtube um youtube is barely paying people for making videos so this whole t it, it, the whole algorithm is, is basically pushing people to make 10 minute videos and people who make 10 minute videos are favored by the algorithm and what what happens is once you have a 10 minute video you're able to put a commercial a mid-roll that's what they call it in the middle of the video so then you have people with four commercials on one video so i really don't blame um the the, the content creators or the people making the cat videos i blame youtube that they've made it this at this point where people aren't making any money at all that they have to put four commercials for a, a cat video um, oh and there, oh and there's the, there's commercials at the beginning and at the end so it's like oh my the god and the middle <laughs> there's just commercials and, and, and such a short video 10 minutes of a video and to get that many commercials i've actually had mid commercials in videos shorter than 10 minutes so apparently you do have the freedom to do that if you choose to add that. So there's, it doesn't just have to be ten minutes long to get a mid commercial. So it's it's it's, it's a scary world we're in with YouTube. Um, as far as Disney, all those properties that they're putting on on their um, streaming service, I, I for one, besides Home Alone, I've never really been a fan of none of those movies. But I, I do feel like in, in order for me to take a stance on the movies that I do like, I got to take a stance on these movies. Leave our classics alone. We want sequels, goddammit. Sequels. We don't want remakes. If anybody learned anything from the whole Ghostbusters shabacle was that we don't want you to remake classic properties. We want you to give us sequels. And I, I know they've, they've, they've made their money on Aladdin and they made their money on Maleficent and now The Lion King. But I'm not for that. I really think they should be making sequels. They shouldn't be cannibalizing their, their own movies already. So that's what I think about that part. And about the $69.99, I'm with you, Kevin. Like, it's great to have a one set price 
that you just pay and put out of mind. The reason I have Amazon Prime Video is not because Amazon Prime Video is so good, but The Boys is good. Go check out The Boys. Um, it's yes! Because, <laughs> I thought these would be. It's because you just pay it once a year and you forget about it. Set it and forget it. So if you can pay $69.99 and forget about Disney+, Plus, I think I might actually do that. Well, okay, before Tachi talks, I got to say one quick thing. You have came up with a genius idea, Tone. They need to flip it and reverse it. Just like you mentioned how the remakes of Aladdin and Maleficent and all these other uh, things that made so much money for them. Home Alone, animated. Not at the museum, animated version. So take the live action, just like you did. You took the animated films and remade them as live action films. Take the live action, cheaper by the dozen, and remake it as an animated film. See, I'm I'm making you money, Disney. I am making you money. Like, you need my help. All right, so Tachi, what do you think? Work it and reverse it. Now we got yes. Missy Elliott stuck in my head. <laughs> no, right? No, as soon as he said that, I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking that. Okay, so I, I too have to make a a statement about YouTube. Are either of you willing to pay for YouTube? Okay, you know what? I, thank you for asking that question, Tachi. It, it depends. They're trying to push this live content, and they're trying to charge like $10 a month. It's not worth $10 a month for that crappy content they have. Even the good content, it's not enough. But if they offered some kind of lower price, like, you know, for $3.99 a month or $2.99 a month, commercial-free, oh, with a quickness, I would, like, give, here's my credit card information. Take it, take it, take it, take it. I would absolutely do that for like two ninety nine dollars a month for commercial-free YouTube. Leave okay. my adorable kittens alone! <laughs> what about you, Tone? Um, I, I, I agree with Kevin. If the price point was low enough, I actually tried out the whole YouTube Red, the, the premium, um, for free. And once it was over, I didn't sign back up. And now they have for $50 a month, you can sign up for YouTube, um, like live TV, and they have 100 channels. And still, I'm, I'm not buying into that. So I, they would have to be like $3.99. I think that'd be a great price. What about you, Tachi? No, you know I'm not paying for anything. Kevin can tell you that. So <laughs> I'm good with the free YouTube. I'm okay with commercials because I understand that is the price of me getting to that content. So it has to be paid for in some way, whether it's with your time and watching commercials or by subscription. That's how media works. So just wanted to know that. Uh, in terms of, I also like that you made up a new word tone, shabakle. Shabakle. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and then I'm with you guys in terms of the $69.99. I think that, like you said, there are so few services that will offer a yearly subscription price and give you a little bit off that when you see it, it's like, oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, like the set it and forget it thing. However, this is not geared towards me. I have no children yet. There's, no, I don't give a damn about sports or any of that. So I, and I don't probably, I'm not going to get Hulu. You know, I don't care for Hulu necessarily. So that's not necessarily for me. I am not the target audience. But for someone who has children, I think it, it could work. My thing with this is like, okay, well, I don't know that there is enough new content that would warrant me doing that. Granted, they've got Marvel. Granted, they've got Star Wars. Granted, they've got Fox. But I don't know that there's enough that I want to see that would warrant me paying for the channel, even six ninety nine. 
Oh, definitely. You know what? This is one of those cases. Do not anybody who's thinking about signing up for this uh, sign up for it, maybe eventually, but do not be one of the suckers, the early adapters who immediately sign up for this, because my guess is they're going to pull the same crap that CBS All Access does and not give you a whole season of any of these new Marvel or Star Wars shows. They're going to release one a week and give them out like precious little Fabergé eggs that you can only have one a week. So wait like several months to, I'd even say like six months to a year before you join up because then there'll be a lot of more, there'll be more content that'll actually be available. There'll be whole seasons of shows that are already there and there'll be uh, other new content and other new things that'll be pushed to the platform because the people that are that are were the idiots that were the early adapters will be clamoring for new stuff so you'll have the benefit of the stuff that they've already seen plus the new stuff that they're hungry for uh because they, they have to get disney's gonna have to feed that beast so don't be the first one at the trough wait let the wait let them get the kinks out then show up i agree and for those um paying attention Shabako actually I didn't make it up. If you guys go to uh, UrbanDictionary.com, Shabako is a combo of shenanigans and debacle. Shabako. Damn it, Tom. Oh. Why'd you have to tell me that? Because I was so close to announcing that we we're going to be having our Shabako shirts in the last <laughs> weekly store. So now we can't. Uh, we're going to have to pay, pay some kind of royalty, probably. Urban Dictionary. All right. So, t- so Tachi. I thought you on? made that up, but you know, you just let me live the life. <laughs> I, I, I was, think you did. Tachi, I was counting the money, I was counting it. <laughs> Oh, I know, right? Don't All you? right, so no, 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 Shabako merch. All right, so, so Tachi, what was going on on Thursday? It appears that people have sold their souls somehow. <laughs> so, elite gym members weren't happy on Thursday, and it was evident with Soul Cycle, hence the Soul, and Equinox, both trending in the news. Now, now you know those are real ritzy exercise places, and it wasn't happening for no reason. Stephen Ross is a real estate developer and also owner of the Miami Dolphins, as well as majority owner of related companies, which owns both Equinox and SoulCycle. So reportedly in the Washington Post, he was throwing the person who currently lives in the White House a pricey luncheon event with tickets at the Southampton fundraiser going from $100,000 to $250,000 packages, which included a photo op and the opportunity to participate in a discussion. That was short. Anyway, so news of this upset members of both high-end gyms as they took to social media to voice their approval with SoulCycle and Equinox, who pride themselves with being inclusive and supportive of the LGBTQ community. A wave of tweets followed with members of both gyms, even some celebrities calling for people to join them in canceling their gym memberships and boycotting SoulCycle and Equinox. Equinox will go on to release a statement via their Twitter account, which, uh, which they address the event, to our community. Many of our members raised their concerns about a political fundraiser taking place later this week. We wanted to let you know that Equinox and SoulCycle have nothing to do with the event and do not support it. As is consistent with our policies, no company profits are used to fund politicians. They would also go on in their statement to refer to Stephen Ross as a passive investor. I was going to say something, but I'll keep going. And is not involved in the management of either business. So... Where do you two land on this? Is this just another case of political views clashing on social media and then turning to outrage? Or is this clearly a case of freedom of speech and putting your money where your mouth is? 
Tone, what say you? Okay, I'm going to break this down in three like Obama does it. One. Um, I think it's this is this is very uh this is a very contrived situation. A lot of times I find myself on the internet seeing something and being upset about it and outraged. And then and then I have to one of the things we should all do, guys, everybody who's listening to this, stop for a second, ask yourself, if not for this story or not for this tweet or not for this um show, um bring it to your attention, would you know that this person is involved in Soul Cycle of Equinox? And the answer is probably no. So it, it it makes me think that this whole thing is it's again is people being upset about something and getting other people upset, and and then everybody's all outraged about something. So um, there's definitely other things to be outraged about. Uh, my second point number two is that Soul Cycle and Equinox that that was a way, that was a weak pimp hand you you just dropped there. You should have said you know what this person owns us, but we really have no 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 control over it. I would call him a, a passive investor. It, that, that was just weak. That was that was just you guys just trying to get out of it. You, you just should have came clean and said, you know what, this is who owns us and we really have no say. I, I respect that. But calling him a passive investor, the man clearly owns the Miami Dolphins. He owns the company that owns both your companies. That's not a passive investor. He's also the chairman, by the way, of, of, the, of the company that owns both SoulCycle and, um, and Equinox. And number three, uh, the market decides. It's freedom of speech. If you are not in agreement with this person um, throwing the person at the White House, the orange, you know, uh, a fundraiser, then then that's fine. You don't have to, you know, go to Equinox or SoulCycle. Obviously, you have a lot of money because those places are not cheap. And and number two, if you're upset with with uh, with um these people, then stop following them on social media. So everybody gets a choice. He can donate to the Orangino, and you can cancel your membership. That's the beauty of America. Okay, um, I absolutely agree with the beauty of America, and I think people, uh, as far as the idea that uh, would you be mad about this if you didn't know? Well, well, would I be mad that there was a guy in my bushes with a knife getting ready to stab me? If I don't know, I'm not mad until I'm stabbed. But yes, I'm mad about it because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just like, oh, you weren't mad about us poisoning your water, were you, Kevin? Like, I didn't know, but now that I know that you're poisoning it, I'm very upset. I'm very upset. And so, yeah, when you're spending your money on something, um, I mentioned earlier that I have a, a Spotify account. If Spotify was giving uh, part of, uh, of their proceeds to the clan. Do you think I would still have a Spotify account? No. Uh, and so it's the same thing with people that have uh, memberships with Equinox and uh, SoulCycle. Um, you need to drop it if, because yes, this whole passive, this passive—I almost said passive aggressive. This uh, <laughs> this passive uh, uh, ownership thing or investor thing is crazy. They try to say the same thing when the head of Papa John's was caught saying the N word. And just like, oh, he's just passively I'm like, it's his company. He's on the commercials. So just like the idea that you can't, you can't separate yourself. Just and and also the the head of Equinox, uh, the owner of all of these companies and the Dolphins, he tried to say that. Oh, by the way, he supports President Trump, but he does not support his racist his racist views. It's just like, no, you buy the whole package. You don't get to be like, oh, I like this part of him. I like the I like the globe polluting part, but not the race part no you but it's a whole it's one package and one thing that I, I wanted to say that nobody and I mean nobody 
anywhere calls this president out on. Does anybody, apparently only I have, maybe it was some kind of fever dream, but one of the things that this man kept saying when he was running for president is, I'm incredibly rich. I won't be bought out by big money interest because I'm paying for my own campaign. I don't need anybody's help. I'm a billionaire. And 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 then next cut to him taking money from every everybody, every billionaire, and even these these incredibly sad deplorables uh, that are sending part of their uh, a part of their pension or part of their social security check to this so-called incredibly rich, stable genius billionaire. Why does he need anybody's help? Why does he need the Soul Cycle guys' help to run for president? Use your own money, like you like, like you said zillions of times you were going to do. What about all that red cap money? <laughs> all of his supporters should just they could save that red cap money and and invest in white sheets. All right, so Tachi, what do you think? White sheets. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh, and, and yeah, and and pieces of wood entwined to make them into crosses and some lighter fluid. Yes. In case and I wasn't clear. Case in case there was some 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 vagary about what I was talking about. And matches. Don't forget matches. Thank so you. <laughs> You're the best, Tachi. You have my You're back. You're welcome. Uh, you know I have your back. You know I got your back. <laughs> so I I agree wholeheartedly with with uh, you know what you all have said. I will say this. You know they talk about in their weak statement that they don't use this to fund politicians. Um, yeah, it is funding politicians. The fact, the very fact that I give you my money and he is a stakeholder or the, the chairman or what he's getting money from this some way. And he's using that money that comes from us to give to him. Even if you're not funding him directly, like soul cycle is not writing him a check, but this idiot is. So yes, it is my money. And yes, it is funding politicians, politicians that are deplorable and do deplorable things and to commit deplorable acts. So again, this is the whole thing. Like we were talking about with the shootings earlier, it's not just on the shoulders of the deplorable individual that lives in the White House. That's also the GOP and all the other cronies who sit stand by and support and put party above Republic. So this is you too, Soul Cycle and Equinox. You can say all you like. Uh, like you said, Tone, yeah, he owns us or whatever is a majority owner. So, you know, this is what this is what it is. But um, that's you too. So and if you continue to keep a membership at these places, knowing what it is, that's you, too. So you don't get to, well, I don't feel that way. So it's not really me. Yes, the hell it is. You, too. You're part of the problem. You are part oh, yeah, of the no, problem. Yeah, yeah, he is a passive. He's a passive investor. And you're a passive Trump 2020 campaign contributor. Exactly. You are a passive contributor. Absolutely. So, you know, the the day is the time is over for all of your rhetoric and semantics that help you skirt around the issue. No, you are helping him continue to fund domestic terrorism. That's exactly what you want it plain. Let me put it that way. When you have your memberships to these ritzy play, because these memberships are not cheap. They have these in Miami Beach here. And I'm like, what the hell? No, I'm not paying that. So give me my little crunch membership. So, um, yeah, no. When you go to these places, and I know they give you water and towels, and this is the place where you unwind because you have so many problems. Tiny via, cue tiny violin now. 
find another way to do that because this is part of the problem. We so want what we want that we will turn a blind eye to who it hurts. We want our cheap um, fashion, but we turn a blind eye to the fact that there are children in Bangladesh that are making these getting crushed in buildings because of unsafe working conditions. We continuously turn a blind eye to issues because they make us uncomfortable or we'll be uncomfortable because we can't get the creature conference that we want. Wake up, people. Well oh, my God. That was a wake-up call. All right. On that, I guess we'll move on to the next story. Let's move on to Friday. I hope you guys can take a fruit punch because it's time for our last weekly Friday food fight. Pa-pow. All right. Food <laughs> talk fight. About, talk about... Talk about, thank you, Toby. Talk about transitions. That was a rough transition. <laughs> I, I know. I, I'm sorry. Remember, children dying in sweatshops, building collapses. <laughs> You're like, let's talk about fast food, people. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is rough stuff. Oh, my God. This is the most controversial episode of Last Weekly ever. All right. <laughs> in the same week that we learned more than 500 dine-in pizza restaurants are closing, a fast food loyalty survey twisted the knife. Uh, I mean, pizza cutter in Pizza Hut's back, saying that people are hot for Blaze Pizza. With consumers having more dining options than ever, restaurants have to deliver and keep delivering to stay at the top of the fast food chain. Market Force uh, Information's annual survey of more than 7,600 fast food customers was done to compile a loyalty index based on staff friendliness, location cleanliness, food quality, and other factors. So let's dish about who's winning the 2019 fast food fight. <laughs> All right. For burgers, uh, who was on top was uh, In-N-Out remains supreme with an overall 73% uh, 73 uh, score ahead of Five Guys 68, Culver's 67. Five Guys did pull ahead in food quality, speed of service, and atmosphere. At the bottom of the burger barrel, McDonald's gets the lowest score of 28, and not far behind is Burger King with a disappointing a 33 so much for being a king all right let's move on to chicken uh in that category chick-fil-a is still on top with an overall loyalty index of 79 which was the absolute highest score of any of the restaurants um i guess i guess they weren't scoring on homophobia but anyway uh but (laughs) because they score through the roof when it comes to that but anyway (laughs) back to the cup but the competition is heating up uh, because uh, uh, Raising Cane's Chicken Fingers is breathing down Chick-fil-A's feather-covered neck with uh, just one point behind at one just one point behind at 78. Uh, in the Mexican category, there's only really one restaurant that did anything, and that was Chipotle. They took the queso-covered crown with a 61 score. Uh, back to pizza, we have Blaze Pizza uh, takes the cheese-covered crown with an overall uh, score of 69, uh, uh, with a uh, with a not 
uh, well, I'm sorry, with uh, the non, uh, with the other national brand uh, chains like Domino's, Papa John's, and Pizza Hut, none of them scoring above 50. So all of them did horribly. So apparently, Blaze is where it's at. It's what it's all about. So I will now be going to Blaze Pizza. Okay. Um, apparently, Jersey Mike's is the sandwich king with a 69 uh, score, with Firehouse Subs trying to snatch the crown with. Uh, close behind was 68. Culver's is 72. Fro- uh, froze out Cold Stone Creamery was 70 in the frozen dessert and smoothie category. And in a huge upset, Krispy Kreme rocked the coffee house, scoring 64 ahead of Panera with 60, Starbucks with 55, and Tim Hortons, our neighbor to the north, 54 uh in the coffee category so what restaurant chains are you most loyal to and did any of your favorites make the list so i am i do chains but i am not a huge fan of a lot of these things because a lot of these are fast food and i really try not to eat fast food i'm more of a whole foods but not as in the store but like whole foods type of person oh not not a sponsor not a sponsor not as no i did not mean the store (laughs) so i i'm there are a couple of things that that shocked me here oh chipotle how soon we forget i have not (laughs) eaten (laughs) i have not eaten at chipotle since that whole thing shabacle happened as tom would say (laughs) i have not eaten eaten there so i mean the i guess who else will compete with them in terms of mexican not taco hell i guess so and then uh the pizza thing okay i'm from new york state and i'm sure tom will stand with me on this I don't do commercial chain pizza because I'm too used to good pizza. So when you put these other options in front of me, I'm like, what? Catsup on cardboard compared to real pizza? I will not. So these are a no-brainer for me. The answer is a resounding no. Because while they're okay on the surface, that like, okay, in college, that's what we used to have as emergency pizza because we could use our declining balance to order it. But if you wanted to eat for real, you went and you got pizza from a pizzeria. So, um, yeah, that's um, not. And then I'm really surprised. Okay, with the. Did, were there others in the categories or these were just what they talked about? These were the t- these were the tops and some of the bottoms were mentioned, but mostly it was uh, we talked about the things that scored the highest. So so like in the Mexican category, you mentioned Chipotle, the nothing else was even even came close to them. Now, the funny thing you mentioned about Chipotle is I'm always surprised how people think because you think like, like I think most people do when it comes to stuff like this. When Chipotle, the what you're, the answer you're talking about was there was an, a salmonella thing with Chipotle. Um, Several times. And, yeah, and some, of, <laughs> and, and, and some of the restaurants. And there was a whole bunch of, it was a huge story and it was a huge thing. And they did a thing where they closed their stores for a full day, where they talked, they changed practices and um, did things like where they were even like boiling like uh, raw onions, like uh, putting them in hot water, boiling water for like a minute to make sure there was no salmonella on even the skin before they peeled it and everything. And so... I actually feel like if there's a time to eat at a place like that, it's after that big debacle happened because that's when they're going to be minding their P's and Q's the most is immediately after when they're trying to get people to come back. 
Oh yeah, no, they were, let me tell you, because there's one down the street from me. They were doing their darndest. They sent all sorts of coupons. I mean, I had for a free bowl or whatever. I said, nope. <laughs> I'm not. And this, you know, I, I used to actually enjoy Chipotle because it was fresh. I, actually, I, I miss Baja fresh. I'll have to say that. I miss them. But, you know, I because I really like Mexican food. Not that they are a 100% accurate depiction of Mexican food, but you know, the food was pretty good. So it was a shame that that happened. But um, okay, so in the the frozen desserts and smoothie category, I'm so no Jamba Juice, no. Uh, these were the, the top scores was a, a Culver's, which it must be a, an East Coast place because I've never even heard I've of it. I've never them. heard of it. I don't know about Culver's. And I've heard of Conestone Creamery, which did uh, got 70, but apparently the other ones didn't even come close. Well, th- that's sad. Up your game, frozen dessert places. If you can't even get close <laughs> to, to that, so well, yeah, you know, it's, when you mentioned that the frozen dessert places, when I was a kid, I used thirty-one flavors was everything. Baskin Robbins, but oh my god, their ice cream has just gone downhill. It's nothing real about it. It's so crappy. So yeah, places change. What what places what, what may have been at one point and what they are today uh, can vary very widely. And also, when you know, when you're little, everything tastes delicious when there's sugar in it. So it could have been that it was the same. <laughs> I had a very sophisticated <laughs> ice cream palate. Thank you very much as well, a child. Excuse Jaji. me, Chef Boyardee. And one other thing. <laughs> so the whole in and out five guys thing. We don't have in and out on the West Coast. Uh, sorry, on the East Coast. We have five guys. And so my palette i've tried five guys it's actually very fresh it's very good again i try not to do red meat but if i'm going to do it it you know it's got to be worth it so i enjoyed five guys so when i was and you can tell me kevin because you have you have in and out in la when i went to vegas i said okay well i'm gonna try in and out because everybody talks about in and out i tried it and i didn't see what the hype was well, you know, it's interesting because I have a friend who's also an Angelino, born and born and raised just like me. He is not there with In-N-Out. He he prefers something more like um either Hardee's slash Carl's Jr. because they have more toppings and more options. Like a Five Guys has a whole bunch of different things. I love the classic simple simplicity of a double double at In-N-Out. That is gonna be that was gonna be my answer as far as one of the things I'm most loyal to. I I I, I was raised on In-N-Out. Love In and Out, Double Double, all about it. The only thing I've always said was I was never a fan of their fries. Their fries were crappy until literally late in life, like 15 minutes ago, I learned for the first time. It's like, wait, there are fry options. You can say you like your fries well done because their fries were never cooked enough. They were always super blonde and like not fully cooked, in my opinion. You can ask for well done fries and they come out super crispy. So it's just like, oh, what? I mean, I've been so close to paradise and had no idea. I know, right? I just found out about a well done. You could do that basically any place if you tell them well done. It's like, yeah, I think we've just been accepting the mediocre because we, I just, you know. I'm just accepting their bad. Fr- <laughs> In fact, I would not even get. Fr- uh, uh, okay, this this is how hardcore of a fast food person I am. There is an In and Out Burger. Uh, cross street from another place called i don't know if you guys even heard of them where you guys live there's a place called a chain called jack in the box yeah jack in the box has exactly one thing one thing only that i'm interested in and that is insanely delicious onion rings so how i do it is i go over to in and out 
then do a Yui, and then after I get my burger, and then go over to uh, uh, Jack in the Box and get not one, but two orders of onion rings. Oh, dangerous. And I'm a very happy man. Very happy. <laughs> wow. That's all it takes? That's all it takes, apparently. <laughs> I, I'm a simple man. I like simple pleasures. All right. So what say you, Tone? I, I think that the, the elephant in the room is the fact that Dunkin' Donuts was nowhere to be found on this list. I was shocked. Dun, dun, oh, dun. for coffee. For Didn't coffee. I, I said it rocked the coffee house tone. <laughs> there was a huge upset with Krispy Kreme taking it. But but where's Dunkin' Donuts though? Like what? That's happened? how that's how badly they scored that they didn't even make it onto the that didn't even make the cut. That's how badly they did tone. Apparently, America does not run on Dunkin'. Now I wonder if this was about donuts because Krispy Kreme has a delicious glazed donut. But was this about coffee? Because Dunkin' Donuts coffee this was under is above the, all. Under the cap, this is every everything that the, again the categories were uh, uh, friendliness of staff. Uh, uh, the uh, deliciousness of the food and the service, the fastness of service. So those were the main. Ca- there was other categories. There were uh, smaller categories, but the main categories were those. Those were the big three: uh, the 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 taste of the food, the friendliness of the staff, and the quickness of the service. Okay, I'm still I'm still kind of in shock. The other thing that, that, that kind of shocked me a little as well is I do agree with Tachi. I'll take corner um, pizzeria pizza any day, but Domino's, like if Domino's is above all my, my favorite, um like generic takeout pizza if it's not from a, a corner. And by the way, I'm from the Bronx. The Bronx has the best pizza period in New York City. You know uh, what they do. You're right. You're right. Oh my gosh. He's oh, finally. You're right. Says it. It's delicious. No, you're right. I mean, my family is in the Bronx. So yeah. It is the best, and I'm not biased. I'm not saying that because I'm from the Bronx. I was born in Manhattan. I live in Brooklyn, and the Bronx has the best pizza. Let it be known. So uh, now I take it that neither one of you have ever experienced Blaze pizza. I've never even heard of Blaze until this thing, this Mm -hmm. cockamamie study. Well, Blaze's big thing is that it's it's like it's it's made right in front of you. What you do is you it's it's like you're standing in a line and there's all these pizza toppings and you basically point out, I want this, I want this sauce, I want this cheese, I want that meat, I want those veggies. You, and they go down an assembly line and you basically and they put the different toppings you want uh, in the order you want on your pizza, and then they put it into a wood fire oven, and it's like ready in like a minute. Okay, so that's for real pizza. That's what it it's sounds like. Real, it's for real. It's for real, it's for real pizza because for I'm, I'm sorry, it's it's Tone's turn. Sorry, continue. Oh, I was done. I thought I I thought that was oh. the mic drop with the Bronx and the pizza. Oh, it was. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, it was. That was the mic drop. But see, the with pizza, here's where the chains fail. It's about it's about the cheese, but it's re- and it's about the s- crust. But the sauce is what makes it. It's the 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 seasonings and stuff in the sauce, and often their sauce. To remember back in the day, there used to be um, where Chef Boyardee made a pizza quick sauce. Yes, and pe- and kids would put it like on um um on French uh, bread muffins. and make and English muffins. That is an abomination. Okay, that sauce <laughs> tasted. You could tell it tasted like uh, jar sauce. It was not good. So sometimes some of these places, there's the sauce tastes like jar sauce. Like when you talk about Little Caesars and stuff like that, I'm like, this is Chef Boyardee pizza quick. No, ragu pizza quick sauce. It was called. Open a jar, 
a pizza quick sauce and open your own. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! You're taking me back, Tachi. That's what I. That song played in my head anytime I had pizza from one of these raggedy places. Sorry, I don't mean to say that it's raggedy, but it just is not like pizza to me. So when I'm looking at these options, I'm like, that's it. That's what you have uh, to give uh, me. I don't. I'm not gonna. I don't want to say that you're raggedy, but I'm saying you're raggedy. Wow. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Not raggedy, wow. raggedy, but you know, just raggedy. Wow. We have lost so many potential sponsors during this segment of the show. It's well, <laughs> just very sad. Well, it's when they come sad. on, I'll just bow out. How about that? <laughs> Well, anyway, yeah. So when it comes to the chains, the now the sandwich chains, like uh, I've never tried Jersey Mike's. I've never tried any of the uh, uh, Firehouse subs, any of those of uh, uh, those uh, sandwich places, because um, I got so burned horribly by um, uh, Subway that I'm like, I none of you. I will have none of it from any of you. Um, but for me on this list, I, I it really is all about In and Out, and I th- I used to like one. One thing at McDonald's, and they took it away. They had this uh, this elixir, this 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 uh this this ambrosia called high C orange, and it was everything. That is sugar and orange uh, coloring. Uh, but it was delicious, Dodgy. Uh. Nothing else tasted like it. Nothing. It was so good. You know what? You're right. You're right Thank you. because they used to do that. Okay, you know what? Whenever you had like game day or something at school, at McDonald's yeah. would always provide that orange drink. <laughs> that that orange was. was it was fire, Tachi. It was fire, and they got rid of it. I think they. I think they now do like uh, like orange crush or something like that, and it's not the same. It is not the same. It was barely. It wasn't really even carbonated. It was. It had a little bit of effervescence to it. It was spectacular, and so. I love that stuff, and it's gone. So if 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 uh McDonald's isn't smart enough to bring it back, please someone else in and out for God's sakes. You'll be even uh, even further on top of my list. Okay, two things: my In and Out wish list, onion rings at In and Out, and high sea orange. Oh please, in the words of Captain Picard, make it so. No. Oh. All right, so let's move on to our favorite part of the show, a little thing we like to call Trailer Talk. talk. Trailer Talk. Oh, I got it talk. this time. Yes. Trailer Talk. Trailer Talk. Talking. <laughs> Kevin, before we get into our trailers, could you please share with our listeners your patented rating system? All right, Tone. It's very complex, but I'll try to break it down for you guys yet again. So, when it comes to movie trailers, there are three possible ratings. If a movie trailer did its job and makes you actually want to put on pants and leave your house and pay money to watch a movie with strangers, then you give that movie trailer a movie theater. If the movie trailer was okay and you might check it out one day on a streaming service, then you give that trailer a Netflix. But if that trailer took two to three minutes of your life, you can never get back. Then you give that trailer a kill. And when it comes to TV show trailers, it's even simpler. If it's great and you're actually going to watch it one day, then you give that uh, that TV trailer a tune in. But if it's not for you, then you give it a turn off. All right, Tone. So what is our first trailer victim? Our first trailer victim is Carnival Row. 
Carnival Row is an upcoming fantasy web television series created by Rene Echevarria and Travis Beekman. This will premiere on August 30th on Amazon Prime Video. That's this year, 2019. It's going to be eight episodes in this series, and it's directed by John Emil and stars Orlando Bloom and Cara DeLavigny. It also stars David Gossi, um, Andrew Gower, Carla Chrome, and Tamsin Merchant. Um, Kevin, what's the synopsis for this one? A human detective and a fairy rekindle a dangerous affair in a Victorian fantasy world where the city's unease, uh, uneasy peace collapses when a string of murders reveals an unimaginable monster. So what did you guys think of the trailer for Carnival Row? Get him, Tachi. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's they're gonna put that on all the movie posters, Tanji. <laughs> Carnival Row. It was interesting. Yeah, it um it was it I okay, in terms of the look of it, I, I again in this day and age, there's no reason that you should have a a nonsense looking anything, whether it's for television or for film, just because the technology is there and it's great. So it looked the look of it was good. The look of it was really good. Yeah. Give us your are you gonna tune in? <laughs> As if we don't know. I was are about you to gonna say turn can, off? Can, yeah, no, okay, so surprisingly my inclination is to turn off. Was it turn off? Tune yes, on? turn off. Tune in or turn off. Turn off, but maybe just because of the beauty of the shots, the you know, just the the way it looks, I might tune in to see. But my initial is turn off because wow. I'm like, man, man, you know, it's not that it's terrible. It's just that it didn't draw me. Okay, what do you think, Tone? Okay, j- just when you thought you've seen everything, everyone, here comes. Pixie sex. Yeah, pixie sex. I said it. If you like sleeping with pixies, this TV show is for you. I never thought I missed pixie sex, but pixie sex is here. Basically, I couldn't get... I I was watching the show. There's, There's two narratives taking place here in this trailer. One narrative is that there's these fantastical or fantasy creatures and they're being something's happening in their homeland and they're all refugees and there's people being evil and mean to them and cruel because they don't want them coming to their homeland very similar to something that's happening in in the local country that we all know and the other narrative was that orlando bloom's character is in love with a pixie um a, a fae a woman with a woman with wings and these two things for some reason didn't gel well for me in the trailer the trailer trying to serve two masters and i didn't know if i should believe this as a serious story about of uh, creatures that are from a fantasy realm who are being evicted from their home or is this a romance with orlando bloom trying to be with this woman with wings so those two it couldn't serve both of them at the same time and i also found the move the the soundtrack the song they chose for the trailer very distracting mm-hmm. it was two cw for me um mm-hmm. Tachi's agreeing with me it was 2CW and it just made it very annoying to focus on the trailer now it seems like Orlando Bloom's a detective he's trying to figure out a, a case and at the same time he comes across his pixie love who he abandoned uh and and they have some type of falling out and some rekindling and it, it, it's a lot happening I I appreciate the world building they're trying to do here but like Tachi said I feel like they should have brought their budget to, 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 to par because it, it didn't look very convincing to me in some of the scenes 
And I, I, I said, oh, I'm going to watch this. This is definitely a Netflix for me, to be specific, an Amazon Prime video. I will stream this, but not because I'm so excited to watch it. I'm just curious to see how how hot and messy this could be. So if it surprises me, then great. But I'm definitely, uh, I'm tuning in, but just because I want to see, I want to I see what's going to happen. Let's, let's turn on. What do you think, Kevin? <laughs> Okay, well, I am going to, right off the top, disagree with both of you guys, because I thought the music that the trailer had instantly pulled me into, like, a fantasy world. It it, it, it felt like some kind of, like, uh, some kind of uh, uh, pop kind of medieval, kind of Celtic, kind of uh, uh, Celtic pop or something. So it felt right for what, uh, the, this giving us this Victorian fantasy world. So I thought that worked. And as far as the world building, uh, just the look of it, okay. You in the, like one of the first shots we see zeppelins uh, flying in the air. We see Oliver Twist fashion sense. Uh, <laughs> we see smokestack <laughs> chimneys. Uh, this trailer was a a, a steampunk anime dream uh, come true. I just I don't know what you people want. <laughs> it was it was spectacular looking. Um and um the whole uh, the the whole refugee thing and the hatred of the other could not be more timely could not be more timely so and having it at the distance of it being in a fantasy kind of a a, a, a genre uh makes it i think people maybe might be able to to digest it better uh the harsh reality of what's happening in our own world um so i liked it for that and uh one of the things that uh i that, that i learned in this trailer very quickly is uh when orlando bloom is uh, there's a scene where he's sleeping and his uh pixie x flies above him and uh pounces on him while he's sleeping uh and puts a knife to his and um, puts a knife to his throat and i learned for the very first time that hell have no fury like a fairy scorned <laughs> and off says i'm all about it i know what you people need from a show this is a it's to me it's clearly building a, a a world that i'm unfamiliar with it looks absolutely gorgeous the whole murder mystery of who is killing all of these magical creatures uh uh and the uh the secret love between a mortal uh orlando broom and his smoking hot pixie uh, ex-girlfriend I want to see more, and as far as the pixie sex goes, I mean, we let's be real about this. It goes way back to Disney. Who who didn't realize how inappropriately dressed Tinkerbell was? She wore the the shortest, tightest dress, strapless, by the way. Yes. So t Tinkerbell knew what she was doing. She knew what she was doing. So yeah. Pixie <laughs> sex. Oh yeah. <laughs> Pixie sex is the hottest sex. Oh, so I've oh, heard. <laughs> All right. So Tone, what's our next victim? Next we have Adams Family. The Adams Family is an upcoming American 3D computer animated comedy horror film. It's directed by Comrade Vernon and Greg Tiernan, and will star the voices of get this, Oscar Isaac, Charlize Theron. Chloe Grace Moretz, Finn Wolfert, Nick Kroll, Snoop Dogg, 
Beth Midler, and Ali Janney. It's going to be released in the United States on October 11, 2019. Can you please share the synopsis with us, Kevin? All right. Get ready to snap your fingers. The first family of Halloween, the Addams Family, is back on the big screen in the first animated comedy about the kookiest family on the block. Funny, outlandish, and completely iconic, the Addams Family redefined what it means to be a good neighbor. So what did you guys think? Tachi? Oh, I'm I'm all about it. I first of all, anything animated for the most part for me is is a definite. I love the fact that so obviously, you know, the, we're talking about the Adams family going back to the original Adams family which was 1950 something. I can't remember the exact date. I thought it so, was the 60s when the uh Adams wait, was family it the started. 50- was it the 50s or 60s? Somebody look it up. I want I think I want to say late 50s but it could have been the 60s. I want to say late 50s. I we're talking about going all the way back then and that st- they've updated the humor all the way, you know, now and it's not contrived humor, you know, where it's like overly like, oh, get yourself like overly contrived. It still feels like it could could fit in any time. There was one um scene where where uh wednesday was holding the red balloon and her mother was like generally there are um something you know what scary clowns on the other ends of those or whatever and, homicidal you know, clowns homicidal no, no. clowns that's yeah because she doesn't she doesn't know what a balloon is she goes mom like what is what is this and she goes normally those are attached to homicidal clowns homicidal clowns exactly exactly which you know and it just came out even though it is um old it's um that it's a nod to that whole thing so i think you know they do a good job of making it contemporary and bringing it up to now without overdoing it yeah i like it so are you gonna uh, so are you giving oh, it are, okay <laughs> there's the time to score it so it's a movie theater it's netflix or it's kill okay it's going to be netflix because generally what i'm not going to do is go and see animated flicks in the theater i reserve that for netflix so that's definitely a netflix all right what about you tone um it was 1964 i just looked it up okay 64 well when i first heard that um that there was going to be a new adams family i was obviously concerned because i was thinking to myself um how can they actually match what's already out there this is another case of like i feel like something there's something classic and maybe children of this generation should experience this as, as we did and instead um we're, get, we're getting a remake so that, that was my concern off the bat but fortunately from watching this animated trailer um i'm gonna say that they they captured the same magic of the adams family perfectly mm-hmm. they really updated it like tachi said it feels contemporary to me but it still it still has the same aura, that same magic of the Adams family, that same creepiness. Um, so I, I was I was very pleased with that. The the computer animated at first I was like ah it's gonna be CGI. I'm not sure if it's gonna take away from because sometimes the the CGI looks great and and kids today like they don't know the 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 magic of just regular animation like 2D. Uh, yes, right, Tasha, you agree? As Give well, me right? some Scooby Doo any day. Yeah, like they don't know the magic of that, but you know what? It, it worked it worked well and the whole the whole story that the adams family is moving to new jersey and they have to adapt you know to normal life i thought that was a rip off of vampirina 
Okay. If you guys are familiar with Vampirina, I have a toddler. So um, there's Disney's Vampirina. She's basically a vampire in a family. The, the Hauntleys are monsters, and they move from Transylvania to Pennsylvania, and they have to learn to fit in into the new surroundings. So this, they basically stole the same idea. You have a creepy family that moves to a regular state, and they have to deal with regular people. So it was Vampirina all over again. Anybody over five is looking at this and saying, hey, I you just ripped off Disney. So... <laughs> So there's that, and but I'm not even gonna hate the 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 scenes that we saw were funny. I didn't feel it was it was forced or contrived, like Tachi said. I thought it it was it was the right amount of funny, and and I, I didn't I didn't read the cast, like I didn't look the movie up before I actually saw the trailer. So when I then looked up the cast. It, 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 I was I was really surprised. I thought that Charlize Theron. I didn't even know that that that, that was her. I didn't know that Snoop Dogg was Uncle It. Like all these voice actors, um, they I I didn't know they were all. They just melded into the role. And if anybody um was 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 uh, was to watch this, I thought I think they have a very hard time identifying who's who in, in this cast. Um, another thing that I want to point out, as much as I I enjoyed the the voice acting in the trailer, it, and when I looked up the names of who was involved in this, it was also kind of sad because. I, I really think that it's, it's uh, the the whole blockbuster. This is just a, a side note. The whole blockbuster um, industry that we are that we are in right now, where it's it's all about blockbusters, is forced a lot of regular actors to do things that usually they wouldn't do. You're seeing regular actors nowadays; they're, they're doing beer commercials, they're doing regular commercials, something that it was really frowned upon by regular actors. And now you have regular actors, uh, high end actors, taking the jobs of voice actors. Like this, all, all these animated movies, they could be a place for a lot of working voice actors to actually work yes like me exactly tachi but no it said you have to compete now with, with snoop dogg i gotta compete with charlie sterone like it, it's I, I don't know I, when i when i read that it, it kind of i was as, as surprised as i was that they were in this movie it's also become this thing where everybody just like we saw beyonce was in the lion king and it's it's like they have everybody they're playing a talent uh, a character you really don't get the the boost of having their voice so it, I, I find it interesting that studios are willing to pay um, high-end actors these these a-list actors or b-list actors this amount of money just to put it on the poster that such and such is in the movie when kids oh, no, watch no, no, this that, i'll tell you no i'll tell you this is the reason why they do it is because charlie's theron is going to go on the tonight show when the movie comes out to talk about it and bet midler will go on uh uh on uh you know on the view uh, to talk about how the Adams family is coming out this Friday, so that's what you—that's why you're paying for stars, is because stars will go out and promote it. And if you just have a talented exactly. voice actor that none of us have heard of, they're not going to be on any talk show talking to, to to Beth Smith, who's playing the voice of Morticia. Please welcome Beth Smith. We love Beth. So <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Beth. Well, Kevin Conroy. Uh, would disagree with you because I think Kevin Conroy is an amazing voice actor. But I, but thank you, Kevin, for pointing that out. That that would I I had I figured it had to be a monetary, obviously, because everything in Hollywood is monetary. Uh, but but yeah, a lot of actors are are taking these jobs that usually they would not take in the past. Uh, but 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 uh, but going back to the Adams family, I'm really happy with the trailer. I thought I enjoyed it. I I think it's something that that I would definitely check out. Um, I don't know if I'll go to the movie theater to watch this, but it's definitely a Netflix for me. And I think when it's on streaming, I think that people should check it out because it did manage it did manage to capture the magic of the Adams family that I grew up with. What do you think, Kevin? Okay, I got to talk about Wednesday's uh, guillotine alarm clock. 
Yes. That would definitely make uh, make you get out of bed faster every morning or not get out of bed again ever. One of the two. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, uh, also, you mentioned the fact that they uh, they they live in New Jersey, uh, which was kind of funny. But honestly, if if you're gonna really do the Adams family, the only state that makes sense for the Adams family to be living to me is Florida. That's where a family that's that quote unquote eccentric belongs. <laughs> <laughs> that only, that makes sense to me. Florida. Um, uh, I agree with everything you guys have said. The uh, the trailer, actually, I was surprised at how much fun I had during watching the trailer. I was shocked that there were voices like Bette Midler and uh, uh, Charlize Theron uh, or Theron, whatever the hell her name is, um, in it. Um, so it's definitely not a movie theater for me, but there's no denying. If it's on Netflix and anywhere near Halloween... I'll be watching it and, and eating a, a caramel-covered co- popcorn or something. It, it, wow. I definitely would check it out on Agreed. Netflix. I love that you said caramel-covered popcorn. I almost I was going to say candy corn, but then I remembered, oh, I don't yeah. like candy corn. Ooh, so yeah. that's why I'm like, I guess, <laughs> so I'm like okay. That is some kind disrespectful. Of fancy popcorn. It can't just be regular popcorn at Halloween. It's got to be fancy. So it would be caramel fancy. corn. Oh, one All other right, thing. So, one other thing. I don't know if you guys noticed that the sign when they it said "Welcome to New Jersey." It said "Welcome to New Jersey." What you, what you looking at? <laughs> I did not see that. <laughs> Forget about that it. That is perfect. That is exactly. perfect. All right. So, Tone, what is our last victim? Okay, our last victim is The Witcher. The Witcher is a 2019 American-Polish fantasy drama TV series created by Lauren Schmidt, and it's going to be on Netflix. That's right. This is going to be a Netflix series. The series is set to be released on Netflix late 2019. And as far as who's starring in this, we have Henry Superman Cavill. We have Anya Kroletra. We have Bjorn Hörner. We have Jody May, and we have Freya Allen. Um, Kevin, can you please share the synopsis for us? The Witcher. A solitary monster hunter struggles to find his place in a world where people often prove more wicked than beast. The end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it. All right. So what did you think of The Witcher, Tachi? Beautifully shot, CGI'd, all of that. Where did they shoot this? In Scotland? I didn't look have time to look and see, but I just wonderful from the blue filters to the the shots to the the action. I, it it was just so well shot. That's what you want to see. It's the type of thing that, and in fact, I did do this. I watched it with the sound off because that really shows you the beauty of the shots in this. Just gorgeous. Um, another thing I will say is. Hello, um, what the Witcher? That's the name of the show. Uh, Witcher, yes. Game of Thrones called. They want their um storyline and actors back. So um, it 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 felt Game of Thrones ish to me in in a sense. Now, although not directly, but it's had that same type of feel, that same type of time period in it and i was not a fan of game of thrones i tried and i no but somehow this feels a little different so um 
yeah, that's that's what I have to say about it. It feels different. So it feels like it could be a uh, a uh, poor person's Game of Thrones, but it also seems like th there could be real direction with this. So ask me the question. So, Tachi, when it comes to The Witcher, are you going to tune in or turn off? So I'm going to tune in for the first one. Uh, and see how I feel about it then, because I'm a sucker for action action type things for something that's well shot. So I, I see it there, but I'm not I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So I'm tuning in and then we'll see. Wow, you know what? People better tune in to a little podcast called TV Channeling to hear your comprehensive review of The Witcher once the show comes out. Indeed, indeed. All right, Tone, what did you think of the trailer? It's funny because the synopsis says that, that he's a monster hunter. But if you watch this trailer, you'll have a damn hard time finding any monsters. You see one claw, maybe. There's no there's no monsters at all. Like, they were really cheap with the monsters. And at the end, when they finally give you a monster, it's a really low-budget monster. <gasps> like, this is like a spider-ugly oh monster. They didn't spend oh no money on this God. monster. Why? It's the truth. It my, oh my God! That's right, that swamp right. spider was everything. That thing what? was hella no, scary. No. Bring up your spider game. Sorry, sorry. Oh my God! You guys were not feeling the swamp spider. No. That was the only monster in the trailer. Also, for a, mo uh, a show that 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 talks about having Henry Cavill and all these and all these headlines about Henry Cavill being the Witcher, we didn't get to really see Henry Cavill, much less hear him actually talk or have any lines. Like this show is basically uh, a few women that I've never seen before um, talking about how they have to do something and we only ever get to see them do it. And I do agree with you, Tachi. It is very Game of Thrones-ish, but like on the cheap end. <gasps> and we really there, there's no there's no there's no narrative that I could really follow. I don't know any of these characters. I'm not familiar with the Witcher mythology. So for somebody who came in cold, th this was a bad cold reading because I couldn't read any of this stuff. I I, I did not appreciate it at all. I'm gonna watch The Witcher on Netflix. I'm definitely gonna stream it. I'm definitely gonna tune in to see how bad it is. I have to agree. Okay, well clearly, <laughs> Kevin, you're not. You don't feel the same way. So would you like to tell us what you think? Okay, thank you for asking. All right, so um, as far as in like kind of the through line in the story, um, uh, Tone says that like you know uh, that uh, Henry Cavill doesn't really say anything. Yes, he does. Uh, a beautiful woman asked asked the Witcher, "Is uh, is that all life is to you, monsters and money?" And he replies, "That's all it needs to be." I'm like, oh yeah, all right. <laughs> so he's he's solitary. He's got a grudge. He's got a he's got a mysterious backstory. He has no lines. Mysterious backstory. And then we get a little bit of the setting of the world. Somebody's explaining to us at the beginning. It's like elves were the original uh, sorcerers on this continent, and uh, and when the humans and monsters arrived, elves taught humans how to turn chaos into magic. Then the humans slaughtered them all. I'm like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> so, so, um, I, I agree with you. It's definitely giving uh, Game of Thrones vibes. I, I I can't argue that. And um, I love it when characters in in trailers and in like fantasy movies say things like, "You can't outrun destiny." Uh, even uh, you can't wait. You can't outrun destiny just because it terrifies you. It's coming. I'm like, oh my god, what's coming? What's happening? So winter, winter <laughs> is coming. Okay, winter is coming. Winter. So uh, I I I do not deny it has a definitely Game of Thrones vibe. Um, I was all about the swamp spider. 
It looked it looked giant. It looked menacing. I can't wait to see how he's going to try to defeat it because he will because the show is called The Witcher. So, yes, Swamp uh, Spider, you are going to go down. But exactly how? I don't know. So I am all about it. Um, I love Henry. I loved his uh, version of Superman. Um, even though DC tried to mess it up with that stupid Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice crap. Um, but I love him. Can't wait. I love the fact that there's there there's elves and there's elves of color. Hello, of like a a, a black elf elf and queen who's a sister. Yes, all about it. Sign me up. Can't wait. We'll be reviewing it on a little podcast we like to call TV Channeling. So will I still be as excited after I actually see it? You'll have to listen to find out. All right. So I guess that's the <laughs> I guess that's the end of the trailer. <laughs> that's the end of trailer talk. All right. Um, this is normally the part of the show where I ask my co-hosts what their favorite or least favorite thing about the week was. But this week, uh, we stand together, and our least favorite thing of the about the week was, and always will be, racism and gun violence. Can I get an amen? Amen. Here, here. All amen right, that, so yeah. we can't cover every news story every week, but we do want to talk about what you want to hear us talk about. So... If you see a story during the week that you want us to recap, or if you want to share your favorite or least favorite thing about the week, let us know. You can send us a voice message through the Anchor app. Just search for Last Weekly. Uh, you can tweet us at Last Weekly on Twitter, and you can send us an old school email lastweeklypodcast at gmail.com. And Last Weekly is available on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and just about everywhere uh, you listen to podcasts. So just search for Last Weekly on your favorite podcasting app. And if you'd like to hear us live, we're on WJMSRadio.com every Sunday at 4.30 Eastern, 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Woo-hoo. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for listening uh, um, (laughs) to our show. We appreciate you so much. So please tune into the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end until, say it with me, we say so. Say so. <laughs> oh God! All right. Well, you know what? It's been a rough week for us all. We'll Goodbye. see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! <laughs> you guys, it's like every week. It's just like. <laughs> it's just-